Brian here with a quick announcement. A few people have asked for ways to support the show, so starting today, you can donate to the show on Patreon. Donating will get you some audio extras each month, as well as some treats like stickers in the mail. For more info, click the link in the show notes or go to patreon.com slash lovehurtspod. This is the part of the episode where I usually say that Love Hurts contains adult language and situations, which is true of this episode, but the episode also contains pretty intense descriptions of emotional and physical abuse. If that's something that's tough for you to hear, it's totally okay to skip this episode. And if you or someone you know is in an abusive relationship, you can go to thehotline.org or call 1-800-799-7233 for help and resources. This is Love Hurts. I'm Brian Berlin. Today's guest is Brittany Brave. Brittany is a comedian and storyteller living in New York City. Brittany shares the story of a whirlwind romance that quickly turned into a multi-year abusive relationship. Not only was she able to get out of it, but getting out helped her find her comedic voice and become a resource to help others find their voice. Hey, Brittany, how's it going? It's never been better. Yeah. Quite frankly. This is the day of your, the best day of your life so far? I'm one of those people that's just like, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to tell myself today is going to be the best day of my life. <laughs> and it is over and over. It's like Groundhog Day. It's just, is that the that's, movie where the yeah, day repeats? Yeah, 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 it's just Groundhog Day, but and it's fucking fantastic. And yeah, what, what did you want to talk about today? Oh, man. I want to talk about the last relationship that I was in. Yeah. That I think was also the most significant and the most painful and the most fucked up. But sometimes the most fun. Definitely the most sexy. Also so you had everything. Confusing. Everything in that one. It was like, you know, the rule of threes in comedy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where it's like joke works, builds. The third time you tell it, you cash in on it. Yeah. Someone whips out a T-shirt gun and just starts <laughs> pew, pew, pew. Like DJ Khaled air horns and it's the biggest release. Um, I will say I think I had three shitty relationships all for different reasons. Okay. And then I dated this fella and it was all those problems times 10 plus abuse. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean like I'm going to Tarantino it. Yeah. Like I'm going to give you the ending first here people. Like I'm never dating ever again. Like I am as celibate as a nun and and I don't think I'm capable of loving <laughs> anything at all. Like I checked in with my family, I'm like, I can't love anybody anymore, including you guys. Um, so that when you were like, you know, prepare a store, I, it's a no brainer to discuss this because I think it, you know, it ties in the last probably five years of my life too. Yeah. Where where did it all? How how did you kind of get to where you got to with this relationship? Yeah, I'll give you like a cliff notes, and then we'll dive into that one relationship. Cool. Yeah, it sounds good. Um, because. I think that's how that works. You're allowed to talk about the last relationship you were in, but you have a finite amount of minutes you can spend on people before that because it's like you got to, you know, (laughs) I think that's how it is. I wouldn't know. Like I said, incapable of loving. Um, It was there was one guy I dated while I was uh, I was like still working. I was in the music industry at the time, not a comedian. Um, So while I was stable, I wasn't having fun. Drinking the same amount, though, ironically. <laughs> um, and I met this guy who we actually bonded. A friend set us up, and she set us up solely under the the idea that, like, we're both comedians. Like, we both like comedy. <laughs> yeah. For listeners right now, that's 
terrible matchmaking. Yeah, it's not the great. It's like, oh, you both like the same band. So you Literally. must love each other. Yeah, <laughs> like it's like, and that doesn't even count at like festivals. Like it's like, oh, you've both seen like yeah. Umphreys McGee. Like so is everyone. You've both seen Fish. They are at Madison Square Garden for three months at a time. Yes. So is everyone. Um, But I dated someone who was clearly hung up on their last girlfriend. Oh, yeah. And I could see that from a mile away. And the friend's motive was definitely more in his favor of I to, want like, get him, him out of this get thing. him out of it. And here's this girl <laughs> oh, boy. who yeah. likes jokes, too. So why don't the two of you get in a room and joke and maybe have sex? And then there we go. So it ends up turning into like a somewhat relationship that just goes nowhere. But I think, as you know, like titles don't really matter. Yeah. It's like that emotional. It's the investment, like the emotional currency in some way. Yes. Yeah, and for him, I guess it was like he was, I guess you were put, you had this task put on you of like, you have to break him out of the spell, I guess, even if you weren't like actively doing that. That was like where he was at of like, I have this relationship that I'm trying to get over and you're tasked of getting him over it. I'm going to be the girl that (laughs) saves him. That's right. I'm Brittany Brave. Brave. I'm a superhero. Like, you know, I'm like, that's like, I I assume that every woman does this like maternal coddling. Like I've breastfed so many men. Um. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I just every baby is my baby. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what ended up happening. And like we were very upfront with each other about our feelings for each other. And he was actually the first to lead the way of like, hey, I don't want to see anyone else. I don't know if I'm ready to be your boyfriend. Red flag. But <laughs> I'm going to have that. Yeah. I'm going to punctu- punctuate these stories with red flag just so everyone else can find theirs. Um. But, like, let's see where this is going, and we're definitely... He used a lot of vague language. Okay. Like, we're headed in that direction. The wheels are turning towards romance. Like, your future girlfriend all over, written all over you. All but over. it's not there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, you're not my girlfriend, but you're a female compadre, <laughs> you know? And uh, ladies also, red flag, like, not good. Um, And I was at that point in the 20s, let me know if you agree or not. I think before you've had your first real relationship in the sense that like someone's so into you like they're so fucking about you and it's and it's reciprocated which is real like that's such a rare real thing and they're willing to commit to you and it's I, I think before you have that a lot of us are seeking that validation for the sake of having it. Yeah, because there's something really nice about feeling something for somebody and them feeling it back for you, regardless of whether or not you're meant right for each other. It's like, oh, great. It feels nice to feel something for somebody and they reciprocate that feeling. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And like it's and that is so rare. Like, that's why relationships are so special and precious. Yeah. I think especially in like today's age with online dating and all that junk, it's very easy for people to be like, okay, great. I I didn't feel enough of this. I'm just going to move on. Like for to actually commit to a thing and see it through is like a real hard thing in today's age it's a doozy yeah Yeah. especially in new york city like it's like you know like you i just have to like sign anything i sign gives me anxiety and cold sweats like even if it's like like even when netflix is like hi it's ten dollars for a monthly (laughs) agreement of something you use every day i'm like whoa 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 you know yeah so for you to commit to this guy it was a lot and then it, it it didn't work out it didn't work out yeah so i think it's and i do think like to go back to the point because i try to like uh whenever people give me advice especially if it's people that have not had like a very serious relationship or really been in love i try to steer them towards like 
fly, eagle fly, like it'll find you, like, you know, and I use all that vague language that he used. But because I think so much of what we're searching for is that validation that someone wants to be with me. Uh, And for a woman, too, I think sometimes it's like I can make a guy want to commit. Someone digs me enough to want to date me. And I think a lot of that is what you're in search of. Like, you get so upset at every boy that doesn't want to be your boyfriend before even considering like yeah if you'd want to date them if you even want to really date them like you know it's like one date and you're like oh my god so our kids are going to be named Jaden and Jordan okay? <laughs> and my, if you're hearing any howling it's my ovaries okay yeah. you know and it's you're like and until you're really in a serious relationship you don't realize like how much you have to really like someone yes yeah to put in that kind of like day-to-day effort and uh, yeah even if you really like them there's still work that goes into that work that goes into that and like we had all the we were going through the motions of a relationship without him ever committing so i i which i'm proud of myself for like ripped myself away and i i ended it after like nine or ten months okay which i think as a man that's a long while to go with seeing a girl yeah, and I also feel like nine or ten months, that, that feels like a time when, like, if it's not happening then, like, it feels like the right time to be like, okay, like, I'm ready to commit to this thing. If you're not, then, like, I'm getting out of here. It's a fork in the road. Yeah. I could have had his child nine months. <laughs> yeah. Like, I literally, ten months, like, we could have conceived and I could have had a kid with him, but he won't call me his girlfriend. Yeah. And, like, the red flag was, like, someone was like, oh, is this your girlfriend? And And this was, like, nine or ten months in, and he went, like... Whoa! Oh. Wow, yeah. No, yeah. it's uh, it's just, it's just Brittany <laughs> being Brittany. She's, she's here, around and fun, around <laughs> and fun, and that's when I was like, this dude, no. So that was that, which was emotionally taxing in its own way. Um, dated a musician. He too getting out of a divorce in the process of a divorce. Um. And it was described to me as it's just like not good. And we were like first loves, but maybe shouldn't have been together. And a lot a lot of issues there without totally giving away too much about his personal yeah. life. Uh, and he pursued me so fiercely. Not to say I didn't feel it back, but it was like 200% his idea. Yeah. And then it was like a Venus fly trap. Like I was caught and I was in it. And I was like, you know what? C'est la vie. We like each other. He likes me so much. Again, that like validation. Yeah. Again, not to say it wasn't reciprocated. Like I was into it too. Yeah, but it was easier to like him knowing how he felt about you. Yeah. Like, I mean, another requirement for any gentleman listening. I'm only going to like you if you're crazy about me. (laughs) (laughs) Which is fair. I had had an ex, surprisingly not this one, the one that we're going to really talk about. He literally turned to me one day and he goes, I just love how much you love me. Oh, man. (laughs) And I was like, excuse me now? Like, uh, mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the most narcissistic of them all? Boy, yeah. Um, And then right when I was ready to commit to the second fella. The um, musician, yes. The rock star. (laughs) Not really. But um, he and we were in it and it was his idea. I caught him cheating and we were also long distance and he had like another girlfriend in another city yeah and then he he dumped me and i was like whoa it was like such a whirlwind and there was a part of me that was like i didn't even want this like i didn't yeah i got pulled (laughs) into this thing yeah and they say women are hot and cold and like in a matter of a day uh, he was just like you know what are we doing this is crazy we're rushing into this and yeah. like yeah and i was like yeah i said this 
So then I think those two various forms of heartbreak in a weird way, because I also in my 20s, I just rolled from like relationship to relationship, like or pseudo relationship. Like, yeah. You don't really get over someone. You just run to something else. You move on, but you don't get over. Is that what it is? Like, yeah, I think that makes sense. It's just like, yeah, you weren't taking the time to like process what went wrong or like yeah. where where you want to be next. It was just kind of like, okay, great. This is a great way to just go on to something else and and not think about yeah. what these things were. Yeah. And uh, and also in my 20s, I circulated and went out and was at bars more and everything. So I was like also constantly meeting guys and constantly put in those scenarios where it was easy to move on yeah whereas now at 28 like i don't leave my house for four days and it's really fine <laughs> yeah. it's like yeah i'm like is there is it still 2019 um so then i met my last ex-boyfriend who i was with for close to three years two and a half three years and um it like also in the wake of getting over musician guy yes but like immediate connection which there really was with the other two guys too yeah, but that's the thing that, like, is easy to cling on to. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm somebody oh. who will, like, connect hard with certain people, not everybody. But when it does happen, it feels very, like, ooh, this is fun. Like, there's something here. Like, I want to see what this is. Yeah. Again, chemistry is so hard to find. Yes, exactly. Like, I'll sacrifice so much for chemistry. Like, I'm like, he's living out in his car. <laughs> and he doesn't talk to his mother. But, but man, we're really vibing. We are. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm feeling it. Okay. <laughs> you know, everyone's like, no, you're almost 30. You need to look at, like, things on paper with people. Um. So really into it. Also worked together. We met under a work context. And I think we both were kind of concurrently pursuing both of those things at the same time. Like we were like, hey, let's talk business and worked very well together, which was also attractive to me. But then it was like, also, let's talk business, you know, and like that was (laughs) happening, too. And it was like a hookup under a work context. And I fought it for like because I was like, I've done this before. Don't shit where you eat like not. I'm not ready for a relationship. No, no, no. Um, But again, what's that cheesy saying? Like you plan. God laughs. <laughs> you have that like above above your bath in your bathroom like above the mirror yeah like it's embroidered i bought <laughs> yeah, yeah. it at the flea market yeah like i feel like a girl had to come up with that like you know like <laughs> some girl who tried so hard to make a, a half invested dude her boyfriend yeah that's what that saying is about bitch you're planning and he's laughing like it's not gonna happen so we start dating and he's 14 years older than me okay have you ever dated someone with that age gap? No, I have not dated someone with that okay. age gap. Okay. He's a preteen's worth older than me. Yeah. <laughs> there was like very riveting conversations where I was like, um, like <laughs> he's like, Kenan Thompson from SNL. <laughs> and I'm like, Kenan Thompson from, from all, from all that. that. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> from Kenan and Kel. <laughs> yeah. Or I would be like, I love that that song uh, that Whitney Houston song and he'd be like that's a cover that's a Shocker Khan song or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah yeah you're just like finding like that's what I like I've dated people who are a few years older or a few years younger than me and I feel like that's what it always mm-hmm. that's where you always find the gaps is like your childhood thing like as an adult yeah. everything is the same overlap but yeah it's like what you grew up with is slightly different yeah and to be honest it was fun kind yeah. of like to be like oh <laughs> you didn't have internet what <laughs> 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 like, 
I think our like lives intersected at AOL. Yeah, that was the yeah. first meeting. Where point. they started being at the same time. Yeah, was like, yeah. He's like, oh, AOL. Internet. Yes. I'm like, yeah. I like. I'm a millennial. Like, I lost my virginity in a chat room. What do you want me to <laughs> like? You know, ASL. Um. Yes. So he's 14 years older, and um, he has a kid. Again, I didn't. It didn't matter because like he's older, so. I think it would have mattered more if he was like younger than me, maybe. Um, and I now see now like what really counts is if you're a good parent. You know, I don't really care if it, like if you have a kid, like things happen, and maybe you were seriously with like he also was like married again, fourteen years older than me. Like, yeah, he's had a lot of life that he's lived relationship wise. Relationship wise, like I'm like I'm sorry, I'm not married. Like I've only really been present on this earth for ten years at like twenty four when we met. You know, yes. like, yeah, I'm like I. D- there's like a lot of years that that you've yeah count yeah, yeah um but he also like so it moves very fast because we feel very intensely about each other and I do remember kind of trying to backpedal at one point um which I should have went with my instinct on and a close friend of ours kind of warning me on the side like just take it slow and he moves in also because he didn't have a place to live at the time okay man how long had you been dating when he moved in like three months oh boy. And that was one of those things that I think I initially was like, I don't know how I feel about this. But again, we are our dumbest when we're in love. Yeah, that's fair. We are our most (laughs) reckless when we're I've been more responsible hammer drunk than I have been behind love goggles. Like I would if it's like, okay, uh, we need Britney to save this person's life. Do we take drunk Britney after 10 tequila shots or Britney with feelings for someone? We take tequila, Brittany. <laughs> we do. And we're like, she's got it. It'll be fine. Um, and it was very intense. Um, and I will say, like, regrettably, like, I didn't I didn't trust him. Yeah. In the at, like even I, in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Which I don't. Yeah. But you kind of just let yourself go because you were having these real feelings for this person. And totally. Like, yeah. And never feeling as comfortable with someone Um, and getting to know him. There were there were breadcrumbs of his own the the abuse that was to come the disarray that was to come he left breadcrumbs for me i just didn't see them or pick them up like and i think that's what a lot of manipulative people do where they they sugarcoat the truth so much that uh like it's it's kind of like how like you try to get your dog to take its heartworm medicine and you put it in enough like yeah enough peanut butter or whatever dog food that it's yes. just like <laughs> that even the dog's like whoa i just got duped yeah. <laughs> like it's a pill you know um and i think that's kind of what he was doing because like uh he explained that his ex his ex was crazy a lot and i was like well that's and then my back of my head i guess the mother of your child maybe don't talk about her that way and he said a story where he goes oh we had a bad fight one night and she had to hide in the closet because she was afraid of me. Yeah, like acting like she was She was just like, oh, she felt afraid. We're like yeah. not actually acting like what he did to make her feel afraid. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I don't know. Like if I got hit in the head at this point, <laughs> like not I like. And the thing is, I didn't miss it. It's yeah, you the, were aware. You heard him say it. Yeah. But then you're like, your love goggles were just like, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, and the narrative was so built up that she's like crazy and emotionally unstable and it didn't work and that she cheated, which I don't even think is true. And that I was just like, oh, haha. 
weird like you know when it's like bitch you've seen law and order you know what happens when people hide in closets like you i should have yeah you know yeah and again but you're giving this person the benefit of the doubt and you're with this person and and you feel like this person gets you and you get them and you want to believe them right like and you want to trust them yeah and see and see this thing through that you so firmly believed in and you've introduced them to your friends and family and like, oh, no, no, this is going to work. Yeah, because at a certain like- point you're getting more and more. I mean, you've moved into in with each other quickly. But yeah, at a certain point, you're getting more and more invested with each other and each other's lives. Yeah. Yeah. And you're in it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's harder to break away than it is to get in it. it yeah. Um, yeah. It's always easy to fall in love. It's very hard to fall out of love all the time. So the toxicity, like if you don't trust someone that fosters a lot of toxicity that's a kind of problem all relationships take work there's work that can be worked on and then there's work that like you have to walk away from like it's you know it's it and i think if at your core you don't trust this person uh i don't know where yeah, it's a hard thing to, yeah. to fix. Yeah, like, because he's always going to feel like he's trying to prove himself, which isn't fair to him. And you're probably never going to be 100% either. Um, So it just got very toxic very quick. And about six months in, uh, he was, we, he just started being physically abusive. Uh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, And the thing is that a, a big misconception with domestic violence and abuse in relationships is I think a lot of people see it in like a big little lies uh law and order tv drama way yeah when really it's a slow drip and for us unfortunately it did get pretty serious by the end which is when i thankfully uh, woke up and left you know which I'll, i'll get to um but if out the gate like one of the fights towards the end was like me being dragged up a staircase jesus by my hair and I don't even know if he remembers this because he's an alcoholic and. Yeah. So it wasn't just uh, there was other factors that he was that were impeding his kind of like situation. Not that it gives it any sort of justification, no, no, but no. like yeah. it was being turned up by the fact that he was drinking and this. Yeah. All these things. And justification is different than explanation. I think it explains why it's happening, but yes. we're not yeah, justifying. Exactly. You're yeah. not saying that like it's OK because not that it would ever be OK. But yeah, exactly. You're. Yeah. So it's like that was a thing that was going on that was that was turning up this kind of like abusive relationship and intensity and what was going on and what was going on. And um, it was just an unhealthy situation. So like that's not what like that. That's a very extreme example where I was actually physically hurt after. Yeah. And that wasn't happening within the first few months. What happened in the first few months was like. He's drunk. I was sober. He comes home and it's a tiff. A, it's catching him in a lie call back to the never trusted him you know like right there like yeah so you're you're kind of on that your your guard is kind of up just naturally of of you in this relationship the dynamic i guess right yeah and uh catching him in a lie and his argument is like i have to lie because you don't trust me and my argument is like yeah but you still why are you lying about this you're (laughs) proving me right like you're an idiot like (laughs) and it's a tiff but like uh, I go to leave a room and he s- pushes me out of my own apartment and slams a door and my finger gets caught in a door. Ugh. Yeah. And like that like went right over my head. Like I didn't even I was just like, oh, uh, because you, if you're never if you're never exposed to that, like I'm very I came from a healthy childhood, great parents, stable family unit. I will never take that for granted. 
I would argue this relationship was the first bout of like dark shit that I went through. If you've never gone through that before, of course, when it happens the first time, you're not going to be like, this is abuse. Yeah. You're like, oh, well, that was an accident or whatever. That was weird. Yeah. 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 We're he's drunk. Yeah. We're drunk. I'm, I mean, I haven't had a lick of alcohol, but I'm probably <laughs> drunk, right? I'm drunk. Yeah, it's, you know. Um, and it and it just built. And I think the two of us couldn't, uh, we, we just couldn't accept that it wasn't going to work kind of thing. So it was just a, the same fight. They say, like, if you're having the same fight, then you got to go. Like, it's something that's, like, unsolvable. Yeah, this keeps coming up type of thing, and you're not actually figuring it out, and it's still a problem. Yeah. Um, And that's what was happening. And in hindsight now, like, if I don't trust somebody, I would bolt. I wouldn't get in the relationship, A, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is late 20s versus early 20s, everybody. <laughs> um, But, like, B, like, you know, like, I, I would just leave. Like, you know, it's... One time he told me that he slept in a hotel with a girl, but not to worry, there were two beds. Yeah. Look at I wish I wish people could see your face. Just have the the video feed of this of this recording. <laughs> I was like, I was very I'm confused of what happened. Like, what? I was like, I'm sorry. What? And, you know, and like I still stayed. Like I still, you know, like this is these are the kinds of fights. Like can't get a hold of him for hours, or wake up in the middle of the night and he's like up texting other girls. Um. Yeah, so there were like, very clear things that were reinforcing this whole thing of you not trusting him, right? It wasn't just mm-hmm. like, oh, I just feel this thing out of nowhere and this is what I feel. Like, it feels like you kind of had that feeling very early on yeah. and it was this, like, justified thing because of these things that just kept happening. It was a series of things. It was a series of him proving me right. Yeah. And I think he hates that he's that guy. Yeah, but he was like he was that guy, and it was just like the fact that you were calling him out on it was the thing that was like driving him insane. Yeah. And that like all the time, the emotional abuse was like, if you keep bitching about me cheating on you, I'm just gonna cheat. Yeah, which is truly not the way to respond to that kind of situation. That's like, I go with me here. That's why you're 40 and don't have a place to live because this is like the logic with which you. Yeah, you like, are willing me to cheat by saying that you think that might be happening. Yeah, if you're going to get mad at me for not paying my rent, I'll just leave or whatever. <laughs> like, no, you have to leave, sir. Like, um, so it was a series. It was it was toxicity, but it was um, I don't know. Like when you're in a relationship like that and this is the thing, like you have to leave at the first sign of any kind of abuse, like even verbal, like even just like. I don't think you should even stand for like your boyfriend or girlfriend being like, fuck you or you're a bitch or yeah. whatever, you know, and um, a lot of people think that's like, oh, well, we were just fighting and mad at each other. I'm like, no, there's no respect there. And that's how it starts. Um, Because with domestic, violence, like I just like and I have never been this person and I never want to see that version of me come back. I couldn't leave. I actually physically, emotionally, mentally felt like I cannot leave. Because I was like, like trapped. Like I just like I felt the worst about myself I had ever felt. Like I was being abused physically. I was constantly fighting with my boyfriend who was you just, you know, sharing hotel rooms with other girls casually and like telling me I'm crazy, telling me I'm unstable, putting me down. Friends and family don't want in. It's such a domino effect. Yeah. And that's when it gets dangerous because you're like, now I'm 
not only in a bad situation, but I'm trapped and I don't know how to get out kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're just like, yeah, again, you're you're, you're like your friends and family are probably like gone distance yourself. Like mm-hmm. you've probably done it without meaning to do it or whatever. And mm-hmm. and then like finding yourself in this situation, in this situation and more and more like uh, reliant on this person in your life who's also like the most toxic per- or not reliant, but like you connected Absolutely. to. Right. Like. Where it's like, this is the person in my life, and this is the person I'm supposed to be sharing my life with, so all this stuff is okay, even though it's not okay. Yeah, and it's like that flowery language that you say when you're first falling in love with someone, like, before any problems, honeymoon phase, like, like that's what makes you stay, in a way. Like, you're just like, oh, it's, it's like, so bad, but, like, this is my person, yeah, like I, I never felt this way. Yeah. Yeah. You're like committed to this thing and you want it to work because you know what it can be. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's I think with any relationship or situation, once the cons outweigh the pros, you got to. Yeah. Especially if it's go. taking a turn of being like abusive. Right. And yeah. it's like, but again, I think it's like, you know, and I've talked to other people on this podcast about similar situations. And I think it's like. It's so hard to realize it in the moment what's happening, mm-hmm. right? It's like that is a very hard thing because of those back to those like love goggles, right? Those like mm-hmm. feelings that make it so easy to just not ignore, but just like not even realize what. And I guess it's partially ignoring too, because but you're not even realizing you're ignoring it. I feel like no, you don't. And there's the little part of you that lives in the back of your brain that's like the real you. Uh, it's just being like cast out by this but it's still there and it's telling you repeatedly like i deserve better like i should not have a boyfriend who like hits me when he gets angry and then blames it on me i should have a boyfriend that like is more upfront than this i should have a boyfriend that calls back that doesn't do all these things and then it's like a self-hatred for like yeah i should so why am i in this and then it's it's viciously cyclical yeah like the weird spiral that can just go on in your head regardless Mm -hmm. of what is even happening in this dynamic it's like the stuff that then you are dealing with just on your own i wanted to be a better girlfriend like i at one point was like literally we like i mean i won't i don't even know how graphic i can get i don't even know how how graphic i want to get with the fights but like i was being so poorly treated and towards the end, strangers and friends were noticing, which was also a red flag. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, when, like, strangers in public were like, did he just push you? And I'm like, and they're like, what? Like, guys wanting to fight him. Other friends being like, he's really drunk. Like, sh- make sure you don't sleep in the same room with him tonight. Because, like, this is this is scary. Like, what's going on? And, like, with abuse, it's like, in order to trap their victim... And allow it to continue. Because these abusers are empty and in pain. Like, abuse is always, like, a transfer of pain. That's all it is. And, like, he had an abusive past. So I know that factored into, like, why I took I took the brunt of it. Why the other women he did this to took the brunt of it. Um, but deeply rooted in his fear that, like, she's going to wake up one day and really leave. And which he would say in his more lucid moments. Uh, so in order to trap her, let's just make her feel like... You're the worst girlfriend in the world. Yeah, just like hurting your self-worth so that you feel like you need to stay here because this is the best you can do, right? Like, it's this weird, like, mental mindfuck. Yeah, yeah, and it's... um. And yeah, the fact that you just said, like, the thing that you said is so interesting of you feeling like you were a bad girlfriend because, like, you were causing him to do this stuff, right? It's like... I I made him cheat. 
Yeah. I made this happen. And I remember after one fight, I was like, you just hit me in the face. And he goes, yeah, because you fucking deserve it. And walked out of the room. Oh and God. I was like, whoa. And again, like, I, like he wouldn't even remember this. I don't even know. Oh, Jesus. And even like sober, I don't even know if he'd remember. Because I think like just in how I blocked out the trauma, he blocked it out. Um, But I did exit it. And I, if it weren't for seeking support, from his ex-girlfriend and the mother of his child, who he also did this to, who because she uh, filed some claims during the time of our relationship, and one of the, for a custody, as I say, um, and one of the claims in the custody file was he he was very abusive with me. This is the one who he you know played yeah. hide and seek with in a closet, casually. Yeah, and that always rang in my head as like the you know, um, and if it weren't for her support. And reaching out to her and being like, it's time for me to go. Let's talk. Like, I'm leaving him and I want to be here for you. And and the legal system, for as fucked up as it is, but it's, it wasn't the most supportive, but filing a restraining order and pressing charges, I I may still very well be in that relationship today. Yeah. Or which dead. Is, oh, man. Yeah, I know. Which is awful. Mm-hmm. Um, Man, so... Th- so it was like the thing, like the one, the biggest factor of you getting out was like talking to the person he dated before you and like, mm. not biggest, but like the fact that she was like this support system in getting out of this thing. It was, she was a big uh, factor. Yeah. And it's, it was a couple things. Um, It's like anything else, like people can tell you, like even in lesser dramatic situations and abusive situations, people could be like, you should probably leave her. All you're going to do is, like, make a fool of yourself with your friends and family if you feed into that. Because, like, you're really just, you're going to leave when you're ready to leave. Yeah. Kind of thing. And uh, I tried so many times and then ended up back with him. And I think that's what isolated friends and family because they were like. Yeah, like, what are we supposed to do? do? We're trying to we're trying to tell you what's best for you, but we can't really do that because you're going to. Do whatever you yeah, want yeah. anyway. You know, and I think my parents had that approach too where people were like, why didn't your parents intervene? I was like, I was 24. What were they going to do? 24, I live in a different state. Yeah. You know, there's only so much. Um, I, I just snapped. I was visiting him one weekend and uh, surprise, other girls in his phone. <laughs> like, you know, and yeah. like uh, I flew out there to try and make it work and he was abusive again. Um. And the, it was like a light switch, as cliche as it sounds. I just was like, yeah, no, that's it. This isn't how my story ends. And um, I reached out to her that weekend. I changed my flight to come back to New York. Um, And he was talking a big game like, you know, we're over when you go back. And I was like, oh, we're over in ways you don't even know. Yeah, that's what I would like. So this is uh, great for me. Great for me. <laughs> and... um. <laughs> I, I think I, like, landed and, like, I Ubered straight to uh, a Brooklyn precinct. And I walked in and I was, like, I need a restraining order stat. Like, he doesn't even live here, but, like, I need. Okay, so at that point he had, like, moved out of your apartment. He and had, stuff. yeah, yeah. He had, like, relocated and stuff. And I was just, like, please help me. Yeah. I need to get out of this. It's only going to get worse. And then when I presented evidence and i like talked to a couple detectives they took it upon themselves that they were like he needs to be arrested this is not okay and then i was like again i felt like a weird guilt yeah like you feel bad that you're doing this to him yeah i was like oh wait wait no no yeah it doesn't need to be that bad like it's he yeah and you're like even though 
on paper you're like, well, this is all fucked up and something probably should be done. Yeah, yeah. And um, they were like, it's literally out of your hands now and that's it. Yeah, you've, you, yeah. Um, And they, he tried to see me when he came back to New York and I knew where he was and I sent cops over. Jeez. And they arrested him and served him the restraining order and... I got my fucking life back, man. Yeah. <laughs> and I started stand-up comedy, stand-up specifically. I had been doing improv and sketch for a while, but I started stand-up, started writing. I changed absolutely just about everything in my life. And I'm like way better for it. Um, And I'm not mad at him anymore. I don't, you know, I hope he's good. I hope he's... Yeah, and he's like got some sort of help, I guess, in not doing this to other people and... I genuinely now on the other side of it feel like I cannot ever live with myself if it happens to other people. So and I can't control that because I don't want him near me ever again. But what I can do is try and make my comedy insightful and do and do make comedy for women and make comedy for victims and survivors and donate time as I have been to uh, domestic violence. Because then if like I said, I can't control his path without hurting myself and even still i couldn't control his path because whatever but um but i can do something for like the greater cause yeah of it. just keep raising awareness to yeah. help people to not get into these and like if you were to hear this and i've i've i'm starting a domestic violence podcast violently funny of my own as well too with onika mclean another comic if you were to hear this or hear that podcast, he would frame it as like, oh, she's self talking about me. And she is like, oh, bitches and all around. Like, he would have all these catty things to say. And I'm like, it's not even about him at this point. It's yeah. about. It's a much bigger thing that you're trying to do by talking about this. This is unfortunately the story in the cast of characters, but it's about the plot. Yeah. And the theme. I know you just mentioned that you're going to like be doing your own podcast. If people want to find you on the internet or things you got mm-hmm. going on, do you want to plug anything? I have so many things to plug. <laughs> That's gonna I, be another ten minutes. Of I'm a, I'm a. What's the, uh, the strip? What's a? What do they call those things? That, I truly don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying either. An extension cord. Oh, uh, I got a power strip. A power strip. <laughs> I have so many things to plug. I'm a power strip. I got you. I see. Hey. You. <laughs> okay, we got there. We took the long road home, but we got there. Um, I'm Brittany Brave. I'm Brittany Brave everywhere on social media um i perform across the city i have a monthly comedy show at rockwood music hall called rock candy that's starting in april i assume this will be out by then yeah april 2019 that's fine if not it'll it's gonna go on forever and ever everybody (laughs) um i have cat call it's a female nonprofit. we do tons of all female events and comedy music spoken word it's free it's fun men are allowed Big parents, <laughs> guardian angels, bring yeah. them all. Let's just have a good time. Um, and yeah, I, violently funny. If you liked what you heard in the last 45 minutes and it didn't scare you from falling in love ever again, it's a it's a comedy podcast about domestic violence, but also sex and relationships and toxic love and toxic dating patterns. And I'm doing it with Onika McLean who is also a fellow survivor and comic. Um, And we're we're launching that soon. Cool. So, yay. Yeah, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having me. Yay. This is how we love. This is how we fight for something that's right. 
Love Hurts is produced, hosted, and edited by Brian Berlin. Theme music by Mickey Hommel. Show art by Caroline Mallon. You can find Love Hurts on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, rate and review it on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend about it. You can find Love Hurts on Instagram and Twitter at lovehurtspod and our website is lovehurtspod.com. I'm Brian Berlin and this is Love Hurts. <laughs>